G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, there are big developments that have been happening in Victoria, in New South Wales, even the Northern Territory when it comes to issues around coercion to receive a vaccination. Uh, All of the different states and territories have been using the vaccination for their own uh, intent and purpose, certainly with the view to keeping people safe. But the sinister side of that is that there is an authoritarian ability for those that are in power to contain and keep a powerful position over the people. And Christians have been concerned about this and Christian commentators outspoken when it comes to the coercion that's happening in medicine right now that's affecting the freedoms of every Australian. Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about it this week. Bill, welcome back to 2020. Great to be with you again, Neil. Bill, you've gone to great lengths this week to take an historic approach to what's happening with the idea of medical consent and the coercion that's coming upon Australians and uh, citing documents from the last hundred years about how the world has dealt with coercion. Where do you start with this? Yes, well, it's an important issue, obviously, in the face of, as you say, all the coercive medicine that we've been seeing for the last year or two. Uh, Mind you, I've been speaking to these various documents for quite a while now. Uh, And I've been meaning to put them all together, at least some of the biggest and best of the various human rights declarations, medical ethics, uh, charters, and so on. So in a recent piece, I've done that. And most of them really do go back to the Second World War. Obviously, the whole world was shocked, and rightly so, when they discovered, well, both what the uh, Nazis were doing in Germany, but also what the Japanese were doing in terms of horrible medical experimentation. Uh, Both science and medicine were heavily involved in the German uh, situation. Uh, So uh, trials were held to, in fact, bring to justice so many of these people who did so many horrible things. So probably the first and most noted uh, of all of these was the 1947 Nuremberg Code, which talks to these various issues of medical coercion and the like. And that particular one probably the focus is a bit more on experimentation, uh, but nonetheless the principles addressed there are fully relevant. For example, it talks about the vital need to give consent Uh, It says, quote, there must be an exercise of free power of choice without the intervention of any element of force, fraud, deceit, duress, overreaching, or other ulterior form of constraint or coercion. And uh, again, all the other 
documents I look at, uh, 10 altogether, six from overseas, four from Australia, they all speak to the same thing, the vital importance of informed consent, no coercion. And as we see here in Australia with so many states already, you do have coercion, you do have manipulation, you do have pressure, right? If you don't get the COVID jab, you could lose your job. Uh, if you do, we will give you all these goodies, right? You can have all these rights that others can't. You can travel, go to work, go to shops. You know, we'll throw in a free keg of beer. It's almost, you know, that's what some of these people are doing. Get the jab. We'll give you a reward. Don't get it, and you will be punished. So all these documents really do speak directly to this. And it seems every day in Australia we're getting more scary uh, scenarios of this kind of medical coercion. Well, Bill, some will say we've not been this way before in our lifetime. We've not had the same level of pandemic emergency to deal with. So we've got to find our way and uh, we've got to create the rules as we go. We throw out the rule books. Uh, The rule books here are the sorts of documents that you have been citing the evidence that comes from the outcomes of some very, very significant times, including the end of World War II and the coercion that was dealt with there. But uh, there's a number of documents. Give us an insight here in case listeners want to go to some of these documents and check them for themselves. Yeah, well, I've already mentioned the, the first and probably most famous Nuremberg Code. A year later, we had the Declaration of Geneva, Looking at the medical profession, 1964, the Helsinki Declaration put out by the World Medical Association, uh, the International Covenant of Civil and Political Rights, 1966, the Universal Declaration of Bioethics and Human Rights, 2005, and things like the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, which talks, amongst other things, specifically about the right to refuse a vaccination. And then, as I say, a number of uh, Australian documents. And again, uh, bear in mind, Australia is subject to or signatory to a number of these overseas uh, human rights charters. But here we have, you know, Victoria, New South Wales have their various human rights and anti-discrimination acts. Uh, There's even an Australian regulatory guideline for advertising therapeutic goods, which looks at how we even advertise vaccination services and what should not be included. And then something I've mentioned, finally, uh, before the Australian Immunization Handbook, which is an Australian government Department of Health handbook, and there one of the key Uh, stipulations, I mean, the whole thing is quite important, and I quote quite a bit from it, but it makes it quite clear uh, where it says, quote, it must be given voluntarily any medical treatment and in the absence of undue pressure, coercion, or manipulation. So again, uh, well, here in Victoria, Dan Andrews has said, basically, if you don't get the jab, you can't work. And, well, there's a massive list of what he calls essential uh, work services. Uh, So almost everybody plus their dog is almost uh, included in that. 
New South Wales, a bit different. They, too, have uh, a two-tiered system, but at least under uh, Parate, and even Gladys, I think, had said it, come December 1, there will no longer be this uh, two-tiered society, this underclass, if you will, of the medically, uh, well, the medical pariahs who, for whatever reason, and maybe a good reason, were not vaccinated. And I just heard recently, a few days back, New uh, Northern Territory saying everybody who works with vulnerable people must be vaccinated or a $5,000 fine. Now, who's a vulnerable person? Well, any child under 12, uh, any Aboriginal person in, New, in Northern Territory. No, they make up 30% of the population. Just about everybody has contact with and may work one way or another with Aboriginals. So that effectively means there that pretty much everybody must get the jab or they'll face a fine. So again, I keep thinking, don't these people read their own documents? What did I just say about no coercion, no manipulation, no pressure? Uh, that is not allowed. There must be valid, informed consent. So, uh, you know, something's greatly at odds here. All the states are going their own way, even in the face of government documents that say, no, we must not go that direction. Bill, there's got to be a difference between what might be a guideline and what might be a law, because what we're quoting here is from documents of the past, and perhaps they don't have the same legal standing, and our political leaders feel like they can just ride roughshod over those. What are your thoughts for that sort of impression you might get? Well, yes, you might get that for some of these documents, uh... Again, some of the overseas documents we are a signatory to. Thus, we are under some obligation and commitment to them. But let's take, for example, the issue of, uh, well, what is law? Uh, let's, well, Victoria, where I live, we have the Victorian Charter of Human Rights and Responsibilities Act first came out in 2006. So that is law. That is something we are subject to. And Section 10 of that Act talks about people should not be subject to any kind of medical or scientific experimentation or treatment without his or her full, free, and informed consent. So that is on the law here in Victoria. Uh, New South Wales has the same. Queensland, I'm sure every state has almost identical wording along these lines. So it already is on our law books. It's already something that we are subject to. If you uh, go against this, you're violating some important uh, legislation that every state in the country has passed. And as you mentioned before, a lot of the other infectious diseases, things we've dealt with, we've never had mandatory vaccinations for. Uh, you know, just think of anything. Uh, could be herpes or AIDS. You know, infectious diseases cause a lot of harm. Not only has there not been mandatory uh, vaccinations or the like for them, but even 
the idea of a COVID passport. Did we have a AIDS or herpes passport, right? You are not allowed into this restaurant. You cannot fly in a plane. You cannot go to school until you show us your medical status concerning some of these infectious diseases. So again, as you mentioned, this is all rather new, using draconian state power that has never been used before in creating a medical underclass. Bill, as Christians, we'd like to think we are good citizens, and we might quote Romans chapter 13 as a foundation for our citizenship. And we might even be prepared to put up with some temporary hardship for the good of the nation. But at what point do you think Christian believers need to draw the line and speak up for freedom rights uh, or the way that we might expect not to be under mandatory coercive actions? Well, good questions there. Um, Well, first of all, yeah, Christians are good citizens. And uh, as we've all said so often, uh, those who feel the need to get the vaccines, to do all the rest. Uh, Nobody is saying they shouldn't. That's their free choice. We are looking for kind of equal opportunity. Those who have questions, legitimate issues with these new vaccinations, uh, they should also be cut a bit of slack, given a bit of uh, respect for the choices they make. In theory, if you are vaccinated, right, you should be safe from those who are not. So um, uh, I think it cuts both ways in terms of being good citizens. But uh Two other things that your questions have raised. One, to talk about a temporary measure. Well, uh, you know, it's almost an oxymoron when you talk about government temporary measures. Usually uh, when something's introduced, you never see it end. Uh, Just looking again at Victoria, we've had a double dose now of temporary so-called emergency powers uh, that Dan Andrews has brought into play. And coming up in a week or two, that'll come to an end. And now he's talking about, I want these powers permanently. I want them forever, right? There'll always be this emergency power where we can suspend parliament at the drop of the hat. We can uh, suppress basic individual rights and liberties all in the name of a crisis or an emergency. So I hate to say it, any study of history or the Bible shows that once uh, leaders get power, they're very loath to give it up. In fact, the more power they get, the more they want. So that's a real concern. Finally, the issue of freedom. Well, that is important. Uh, Somebody asked me recently, well, can we make an idol out of freedom? I said, yeah, well, anything. Anything can be made an idol out of religion, right? The Pharisees made an idol out of the wrong kind of religion. So, yeah, uh, freedom is never an absolute, but it's very important indeed. Without freedom, we lose all kinds of other very important social goods. In fact, it's quite hard to proclaim the gospel. When our churches are locked down, when you're subject to 5K uh, movement restrictions, curfews, uh, 23-hour-a-day lockdown-at-home measures, 
uh, simply the freedom to proclaim the gospel, which is something every Christian should be very concerned about, well, that is greatly hindered as well when we take away basic freedom. So as always, we need the balancing act here. We have to emphasize the importance of human rights and civil liberties. And yes, we have to be concerned about uh, uh, public health and safety. Getting that mix right is important, but it seems again and again we've seen governments have been way too happy to completely trample on freedom and democracy to have, uh, well, almost a lust for power and even questionable means like lockdowns and health mandates, whether in fact they're being all that helpful. Well, it is always good getting your insights, Bill Muhlenberg, on issues like this that are very close to home for so many listening into our conversation today. Let me point people to one of the latest articles you've written, the one we're talking about today, The Vital Necessity of Informed Medical Consent, and citing all of those different conventions that we might hope does shape the decisions of our leaders. You'll be able to find that. Simply Google Culture Watch One Word or go to BillMuhlenberg.com. Bill, thanks for joining us today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.